Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. We got our special guest today, 401 Creature, not associated with 401 Foundry. I've gotten this question like five times now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, and if you guys don't know who 401 Creature is, why don't you uh, give yourself a little intro of what you do, Thomas? Um, yeah, so I'm Fallon Creature. Like we said, not associated with Fallon Foundry. Just complete coincidence that we both made yeah. SCP content and have Fallon in the name. Um, it's a sick word, dude. <laughs> so mainly on the internet, I'm a Lego animator. Um, so I have a YouTube channel, Fallon Creature, that I've been running for... Uh, probably eight nine years almost ten something like that um i've made some scp lego animated shorts most people will probably know the janitor um before that i used to do a lot of lego minecraft animations i did a series called lego minecraft creepers that was pretty popular um and yeah that's mainly what most people would probably know me for i think <laughs> yeah so yeah um so I guess it's become a tradition now. We always start off the podcast with, how'd you get into SCP? Um, so I've, I assume my, my getting into SCP is pretty similar to most people um, of like our age, which was like in high school, everyone was playing um, SCP Containment Breach. Uh, and so when that was a big thing, I guess you, I found the wiki as well and started reading about that. And then... Um, I guess I just kind of forgot about it for a few years after that. Uh, and then there was, there was suddenly like this big resurgence, I feel like, in the last few years of SCP. And then I started getting into it a bit more, um, starting read, started reading about it a bit more. So um, uh, SCP confinement was a thing, um, mm. which is pretty cool. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the other thing that I do is I do animation for SCP confinement. Um, so yeah. far, only two episodes. If you count the Christmas special, but yeah, that's the like other the thing that I do. <laughs> gingerbread people. <laughs> oh, just real quick, uh, shout out to Mang Mang Exploring Series. He's also here with I'm us. I'm also here. Yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> a little too excited there. Uh huh. Earlier on, um, but yeah, that was cool. That was cool, bum for uh, to let you just do your own little Lego style for confinement. Yeah, yeah. Well, like he knew that I do Lego. Anim- I did Lego animation and. Uh, he asked me to do that, and uh, he commissioned me to do it, actually. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a bit different to what I usually do, which was uh, he actually made the storyboard and directed it, basically. Um, and mm. I just kind of produced it for him. Um, and cool. he got someone else to do the audio, which was like so nice. I didn't have to worry about it. Because <laughs> that's usually like, once I feel like I've done all of the work, then it's like, oh, damn, now I've got to like do all of the audio as well. I 100% feel you on that. Yeah. And that's why I feel like audio for at least our projects is always the weakest. Yeah. And that's like half the reason why I'm like, oh, I just want to get this over with. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's the most, even though it's like like 50% of a film, it's something that does get overlooked quite a bit. No, it really does. I mean, especially with my next uh, film coming out, that's like, I'm putting like 100% more effort and time into that because it's been like bugging me. I've been, I, I try to rewatch my stuff and critique myself. Mm. And it's like, yeah, that is clearly the biggest flaw that stands out. It's One, like, yeah. audio shit. Well, it's sound design and it's also um, mixing is something I notice a lot yeah. of people sort of uh, don't put enough attention into when it's like, man, if I have to turn the volume up and down while I'm watching a video, <laughs> it's, it's the most annoying thing. 
Yeah, it's definitely I fucked my, up red reality like that. It's definitely my weakest aspect. Hmm. I just don't like. I don't have a good ear at all for audio. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know what really sounds good or not. I I know it's not good enough. That's about all I know. But I don't know how yeah. to fix it. It just takes practice. I mean, like. I don't know. After a while, I just realized, like, oh, if I actually listen to it, and if I'm like cringing at how loud something is, I'm like, oh, I should probably fix that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've also yeah. learned hard limiters are your friend. Yes. Because I did not put those in, and I suffered the consequences. Yeah, limiters and compressors. If you're feeling really lazy, yeah. just chuck a big compress compressor on it. It won't sound great, but at least it'll it'll be compressed pretty much what i do because i mean at least for you if you as long as you can talk pretty consistently yeah you're fine i just listen to like other people's podcasts or narrations it's like wow that sounds so crisp and perfect and mine's just like you know it's just i don't, I don't know I, I just don't i don't like it but i know i should like it you know i should care about it so eh, i mean as long as you're my weakest thing I mean, what I found that helped me at least is like actually watching your some some of your rewatching some of your stuff today, uh, Thomas. I was like just really paying attention to the audio shit um, and just like not paying attention to the visuals and really just focusing on the audio aspects. And it was mm. like, damn, like I feel like you do a really kick ass job with audio out of most of the creators that I watch. Thanks. Like, because I've I feel like so many animators I watch, um, I don't I don't feel like it's like as crisp. The action especially like the impact like for again perfect scene is like the janitor scene when he fucking throws the boom at the guy and fucking smash him it's like yeah mm, i i sound hits i'd been watching a lot of uh one punch man <laughs> when i yeah, when i made that yeah. animation so like i was looking at a lot of um are you guys fami familiar with the term uh sakuga no actually uh so is, is sakuga is basically like high quality uh animation in anime uh so it's like it's like that episode it's like the episodes of naruto where where the animators like actually do cool stuff you know like rock lee versus um uh what's mm. the sand guy um how can i <laughs> kara of course i don't know kora no um, yeah well basi basically basically yeah it's the bits of uh japanese animation that have really decent budgets and and time put into them and usually it's the action stuff so it's like really flashy and lots of frames in it um, and a lot of it's, uh, yeah, so I've just been looking at a lot of this very flashy kind of animation, and I kind of wanted to have a go at doing that sort of thing in a film. Yeah, that's a great, I literally have a little statue of Saitama next to my desk, so. <laughs> nice. It's one of those. That's motivation. Yeah. I even have a, a workout, uh, one punch man, uh, tank top, so every time I work out, I'm like, <laughs> let's do this. Do you do your, uh, your 100 push-ups and 300 no i don't i don't but i do do mostly calisthenics so i'm like there and i hate running so i do like <laughs> cardio bike instead well we can't really do a whole lot of running these days anyway no no not really so yeah i guess segue how's coronavirus affecting y'all um we're doing all right uh i mean i lost all of my work so that's cool but i have savings to get through it so i should be okay for now um, I mean, is, is there some sort of like government assistance stuff going on too? Because I know that's what we're doing here in the states. Uh, yeah, there is. Um, but it's uh, 
it's because it's kind of difficult. I'm not really sure if I'll be able to get onto it anytime soon because uh, just because of the way that I got paid um, was in lump sums and a lot of the... Mm. And I, I had a bit of lag, like, where I was getting paid, like, after all of my clients stopped coming in. So I might... And they do and they do the... Uh, uh, they do... They, it's an income test that you have to pass, and which is based mm. on, like, a three-month average of your... Or something like that of the amount of income that you've had and it's just i don't think i'll be able to pass it for another couple of months which kind of sucks but i mean yeah quarantine's probably over by then <laughs> yeah it's like well like Maybe. our prime minister is saying six months Maybe. though so yeah. i'm like holy shit like i'm freaking out because i'm like am i gonna have enough money to like see me through six months of this um God like am damn. i gonna have to move back with my parents or something because um, but like i'm assuming most people don't have that many that much savings to yeah last six months without yeah. work yeah, I mean, I'm lucky. I, I prob if I like, if I'm careful with my money, I can probably do that. But I don't know. Just it's, do uh, yeah. OMAD one meal a day. <laughs> yeah, I'm just you gonna eat really, potatoes. <laughs> can't really do something like that without government assistance. Yeah, I mean, no, I'll, yeah. No if way. it goes like that, I'll have to get on government assistance. It'll just be a matter of when, and if I have any savings left over at the end of this whole thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're trying to open up New York literally next month. And they're just like, they literally, I think they just said, like, if you've had coronavirus already, you can go back to work. <laughs> but they it's don't like, know okay. that you're, you know, you might not actually be immune. Exactly. So it's kind of like, hmm. I mean, I is think. That the smartest call? I think most of our country is probably going to open up next month, but then we'll get hit with a second wave of everything and then it'll oh, probably sure. close back down. Especially the South, I feel like. Especially Florida. Like, man, I'm just waiting for Florida to get hit hard. You're waiting. Just, like, look, okay, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> eagerly waiting. <laughs> I, make, I, I have a sense it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I th- it's so weird how this is happening to everyone in the world at the same time. Yeah, like, it is. Like, we've had stuff like this happen. Like, you know, like we had the bushfires in Australia. Um mm-hmm like end of last year early this year and like everyone kept asking me about that like are you okay i'm like yeah i'm fine but now it's like i feel like that sort of thing is happening but it's literally everyone that i know because like i have a lot of american friends online um i don't know it's 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 so weird how it's a rare time in history yeah that really is like i was talking to my friend she lives in beijing and they just are getting ready to open beijing again Wow. Um, and for the longest time, it was like, oh, be careful, yada, yada. And now she's doing the same for me. She's like, oh, be careful, stay in. I'm like, this is weird. Literally mm. flipped around. Without a, yeah, without a vaccine, it's tricky. So, And now I think they're saying it. Um, wow, this is turning into coronavirus podcast. So I feel like. So I'm literally going back to going on a tangent. Because well, I've, I've recently heard, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. That certain cat breeds. Like, uh, I think they found lions and tigers, and they're assuming feline, like normal mm-hmm. household cats, can actually carry COVID-19. Yeah. Which means that if there's an animal reservoir, that it that's much more likely they'll become a seasonal thing mm-hmm. um, until they make a vaccine. Because that's it? what flu, supposedly that's where flu goes. It goes to birds when uh. Uh, humans aren't reservoiring. I, ha- yeah. I don't know if I've read the same. I remember reading something a while back that said that, like, cats can carry... A type of coronavirus but i don't know if it was the coronavirus yeah they, yeah i heard this like they really definitely a few days can. Ago. like okay because there, there was a tiger at bronx zoo that got it because it's caretaker 
also tested positive. Oh, Bronx Zoo, damn. Yeah. Uh, I better start telling my cat to wash his hands then. <laughs> yeah, they said if you have cats that like go outdoors and come indoors to, to put oh, a stop Oh, well, to he's that. indoors only, so yeah. well, I'm just I'm just concerned that your cat has hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. For me, I, you know, I'm glad that I have a job where I can work at home and you know, the actual work. Well, I'm saying you're, you're probably doing great. Everyone's sitting I, home watching your videos. You'd think, but... You know, ad revenue is tied to the economy, mm, and so true. There, there's not a whole lot of advertising going on. My my rates are not doing great, and from what I hear online, other YouTubers are also having trouble. I imagine a lot of oh. Patreon supporters are dropping off as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, people just don't have that disposable income. It hasn't been drastic at this point, but in a few yep. months, I can definitely see it dropping off. Hmm. Well, that's great. Um, so we talked about this a little earlier about you working for Bung, but yeah. how'd that happen? How'd you guys meet up? Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I should probably tell you how I, I met Bung in the, in the first place. So, um, hang on a moment. <laughs> uh, let me just think about it for a second. You'll probably want to cut this bit out. <laughs> Don't worry. I got you. Um, okay. Okay. So I uh, I was actually watching uh, Bung's videos for like months, uh, mostly trying to figure out how he made the animation, um, because I was kind of fascinated by I'm I'm always fascinated by like people who can make successful web series by themselves on the internet. Mm, yeah. Um. So you know, like I was trolling through his live streams, like trying to figure out how to, um, you know, just how he did stuff, um, and. It was also kind of cool that he lived in Australia. It was like, oh, I live in Australia. Um, maybe I could like somehow meet him one day. Anyway, so I was going to, uh, I was with my ex at the time, um, and it was my ex's high school friend's housewarming party um, that we were going to. We went separately, so my ex got there first, and uh, she just sent me like a text and was like all caps lord bung is here <laughs> and like i'm getting off the train and like walking to this house party and i'm just like huh well well that figures because <laughs> yeah like I'd, I'd just been like kind of like low-key obsessing over his content for the last few weeks so yeah um How convenient yeah so i showed up to this party um and yeah uh he was there um we played cards against humanity um talked about toy story 3 uh, and then, um, uh, and then, yeah, and then the next day we were like, oh, you should keep hanging out. So I went and saw, um, Bohemian Rhapsody with him and a few other people the next day. Oh, and nice. then, yeah. And like the, the weird thing was he lives, he lives in, uh, like another city to me and he'd literally just flown up that weekend to go to that house party. <laughs> like it was the biggest coincidence. Um, so yeah, anyway, yeah, so we kept in touch from then, um, I, I visited his city a couple of times and caught up with him, um, and like, uh, you know, like had him as a friend on Facebook and stuff like that, uh, and then, and then one time he, he just put out on, like, private channels, um, like, oh, I'm looking for a new animator, because, like, I can't cope with all the animation that I have to do, like, I just, I just need help with, um, with taking care of some of this stuff. Uh, and I just happened to be doing a 2D digital animation course 
um, for the last like three or four weeks before he put out that call. Um, oh, and wow. I, yeah, yeah, I'd never done 2D animation before that. Um, so I sent him a message and was like, oh, like, can I do some test animation for you? Like, uh, I, I know that I won't get it, but it will, it'll be good practice for me. Um, and yeah, in a couple days, like I, I did it. Um, and I knew just enough about like the, the animation I, I was using CC animate. Um, I knew just enough to be able to do the test animation for him. Uh, and then he got back to me a couple of days later and was like, yeah, you're actually the best candidate, so I'm just going to hire you wow. now. <laughs> so yeah, uh, from a certain point onwards in episode seven, uh, all of the animation is me, except for like one or two shots um, he, of, uh, he's of like SCP your, uh, confinement. He's basically your animation soulmate. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it, it was super, like there were so many coincidental uh, things had to happen. Serendipity. Yeah, Actually, extremely though. serendipitous. Um, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah so and like that's just it. <laughs> don't don't break that chain. Keep it going. It was meant yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if like he uh, he credited me as lead animator, which I don't know if that's super accurate. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll end up doing more animation for him at this point because I know, like, uh, especially with like all this coronavirus stuff, he's a bit more tight on money mm. now. Um, yeah. But I think he's looking at getting some funding from uh, from some kind of external vendor. So we'll see if that goes I'm through. I'm amazed he hasn't done any sort of Kickstarter out. Yeah, I'm yeah. quite um, confident his audience would definitely support him yeah i was like telling him like he should have like the first time i met him i was like you could apply for government grants like have you seen the rubbish that they fund here like (laughs) (laughs) that's a thing they would hand you like thirty thousand dollars like just looking at your numbers like there's literally a fund for that here Um, god damn yeah like there's moving to australia dude (laughs) yeah and i've thought about applying for it but i just don't have like a web series idea for it and like don't have the following for it um, I mean, mm. if Uwe Boll can fund all his movies through the German government, <laughs> yeah, you know, things can happen. That's fair. That's fair, dude. That being said, like, I'm not super keen on government funding for, like, creative stuff, especially here. Like, stuff tends to be funded when it's kind of very homogenous, I guess. And the mm. more interesting stuff seems to come out of more independent creators. Is it just seen as, like, too high risk? Um, I don't know. They just seem to fund a lot of, like, very Australiana-type content. So, like, stuff that really leans into Australian stereotypes, like the Outback and, like, you know, koalas and stuff like that. Huh. Um, Maybe it's, like, uh, how they want the media to represent Australia. Yeah. But then the thing is, like, no one ends up watching this stuff because it doesn't (laughs) connect with an audience. (laughs) Wasn't, uh, was Kangaroo Jack uh, funded by the Australian government? I have no idea, but I kind of <laughs> hope that it is. Throwback. Because that would be a great use of taxpayer dollars. Oh, man. Yes. Man. Australia's national film. <laughs> Angry Jack. Yeah. Actually, I think Mad Max was the first Australian film I ever watched. Um, right? That's Australian, right? I'm not, yeah, I'm not crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, director. Um, was it Mubrooks? Uh, Mel, Mel Brooks. No, no, no. Uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson was the lead actor in it, and then uh, is it George Miller yeah. is the director, and George yeah. Miller is Australian. Yeah, that's right. And he also did uh, the newest one. Yep. Yes. The newest. Well, yeah. he's he's done all of them. 
I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, he's done all of them? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I have not seen the third one. Yeah. It's he's, the only one I haven't seen. Yeah, he's he also directed uh, Babe 2, Pig in the in the City. <laughs> and and both the Happy Feet films. Wow. And then that's, he did Mad Max Fury Road when he was like 70. <laughs> like, Man, it's his, insane. All that vent, pent it up frustration. Yeah. Just angry old man movie. So, so sick okay, of doing so happy feet. <laughs> you, you might get a kick out of this. So I, I, I graduated from film school. I'm out now, but I talked to some of my friends who are still in school. So their school was literally shut down. So they, But they still have to do projects. They're still doing class and project from home. Yeah. So their final project is always to make like a 10-minute short film. But they have no actors. Okay. And they have no camera. So my teacher was like, take some Legos, take some Barbies. No way. <laughs> yes. So they literally have to learn how to do stop-motion Lego animation. So wow. I thought, who better to ask? How? So I'm going to send this to my professor. And I'm... Yeah. I'm George, I hope you show us to the class. <laughs> um, <laughs> how any like tips or advice for people just starting out? They have no idea about anything with Legos or stop animation. Um, they should like they be aware of. Okay, so uh, there's one tutorial you need, you need to watch, which is um, the Fancy Pants uh, Ease In, Ease Out, and Running tutorial. Um, that's pretty mm. much like the the holy grail of like like just one video to make you like a, a much better animator um with lego because uh, yeah he just shows you like some basic animation stuff that like at the time no one else had really made videos about those specific things and kind of takes everything up a notch um the other thing is uh get a decent frame capture program uh dragon frame is the best one um but it's also probably one of the most expensive ones um, so you could you could get something like um, I don't know uh, uh, there's I stop motion for Mac and then I think there's Eclipse stop motion studio for PC is a bit cheaper um, and besides that um, join Bricks and Motion the Discord uh, mm. and the the forum community and start talking to people there because they will have tons of tips like there's a whole community for Lego animation. Um, there's a few different communities actually, but uh, the one that I'm a part of is bricksandmotion.com, um, and I'm on the Discord that, there all the time too. That actually leads me to another question. I noticed there was um, it was for dragons. It was a uh, SCP. It was a uh, Brick Films, and he said it was like made under a week. What was that all about? Uh, so that one was done for the brawl contest for bricks and motion oh, brawl that's what it was yeah, yeah so brawl i think means it's an acronym that stands for brick film rapidly all week long and it's basically a contest where they give you a theme and then you have to make an animation for it in under a week um so yeah that's that's what i think that one was more like i just used that contest as an excuse to make another video because uh i just needed a deadline to work to so hmm. um, what was the what was the theme uh, I th- um I can't remember. <laughs> Apparently, it didn't matter. <laughs> uh, it was like it was related to the video that I did, but I can't okay. remember what exactly it was. Because I guess the closest we have to that is every now and then we'll do a, a forty-hour film festival, and for us, the um, untraceable video, the SCP Dotto video, was made mm-hmm. in forty hours for a film contest, which we lost. 
because uh, I think literally <laughs> it was just too out there um, <laughs> and a bit too campy for the audience. I think they literally did not know how to respond to the main character literally exploding with 20,000 bananas coming out of his body. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, SCP There's stuff, some... like, if you're not yeah. in the know, it's it could be it's... really weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, I use my family as, like, a litmus test of, like, okay, how weird is this? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. let me just show you this out of context. Yeah. Um, like literally for purge the community preach thing i'm just like every now i'll just show like um i do a lot of like pre-visuals now i'll just show like a random picture of like one of the th shots that are like inspiring me and she's just like what is wrong with you yeah and i'm like cool i'm putting it in great this is a good sign well that's what i was this... sort of thinking while i was watching the janitor is like yeah you know if you're familiar with scp and you know you're you're in the community it's like okay this all it all makes sense without words without dialogue like we all understand exactly what's happening but if you don't know anything about scp it's like mm. what what is going on <laughs> well so actually it, i did yeah oh, oh go ahead sorry oh, now you go ahead so i actually just showed my sister this um a couple hours ago mm -hmm. um and she like totally dug it she had fun with it. I don't know if she necessarily understood everything well, behind I, it, but she like could understand and enjoy the story. I didn't mean to say that you can't appreciate it at all, that you wouldn't like it. No, like I was surprised she was able to follow though, like the gist, well, like the whole knowing it's a secret foundation and all okay. that stuff. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I've I've had a lot of people comment because um, there's a lot of people in like the brick filming community who don't know anything about SCP and like mm -hmm. uh, I've had a few uh, comments and I've talked to a few people who. Um, say they kind of enjoy like the mystery uh, of like the SCP videos that I've done. Um, so I I guess I have to assume that it, like it still like works. Um, yeah. Even, even if you if aren't you familiar with SCP. Yeah. yeah. I mean like my approach to because I've done stuff with Minecraft before as well um, with Lego, and I guess my approach is to use these kind of like community universes. Uh, first of all, as like a way to like gets people interested in watching my stuff but then i also kind of treat them i guess kind of like a sandbox where i can tell um a story and use elements of it um to do my own thing i guess and hopefully mm -hmm. have that accessible to like a wider audience outside of just the people that sort of know what it is well that's why so I, that's a big part of why i really like your scp stuff is i you know i'm all about like condensing a story and, and you know stripping it down and just showing basically the bare essentials and like your your refining machine one you don't need to know really much about um i'm blanking on the scp number you don't really need to know much uh, about that to just appreciate right you know the two minute video where it's all contained right in there the whole thing yeah that one in particular was uh I'm finding some of these SCP ideas uh, are very difficult to translate without dialogue explaining oh, what I they can are. Imagine. <laughs> yes, yeah, like you, like yeah, like most of that video is like the first half of it at least is just um, like explaining the concept of what the refining machine is yeah. and what it does, so that then I can have like the gruesome payoff in the in the second right. half. <laughs> it works. It works. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, speaking of a mass audience, I feel like whenever I've brought up like Lego animation to people, friends, 
especially film uh, friends, there's kind of this like pause. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. And you know, like I feel like there's this like stigma that it's just some like middle schooler playing with his toys. Like, uh, do you feel like that's starting to change, or that's still kind of something you have to fight against? Um, I mean, honestly, I think going forward, I'm probably gonna move away from Lego animation as a medium that I work in. Um, because as I get older, I think uh, I'm realizing more and more like how much of a stigma there is around this mm -hmm. um, as a medium. And also, like I just feel like it's starting to get um, a bit old for me personally because I've been doing it for like 10 years. And I'm like, damn, um, you know, like this was super cool to me when I was, you know, like 14. But now it's like I'm almost 24 and it's like. I don't know, I feel like I can be... With with LEGO, you're working in a medium that is owned by a company, and that medium has a whole lot of, like, baggage with it as well. Like, mm. LEGO is, uh, is a construction block toy for kids mainly. Um, and while it is possible to tell, like, more sort of serious or adult or, like, more sort of uh, complex stories with it, um, I do feel like there's a barrier of entry there uh, for potential viewers that just a lot of people will just never get past. Like, they'll see Lego and they'll just think that it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I remember in like early high school, I made like this this really violent um, like space police animation and I showed it to the class and there was like one girl who just could not stop laughing like when all the shooting was happening just because she, she thought it was so funny that they were Lego figures and like yeah. told me afterwards like, oh, there should have been more blood. You should have used like tomato sauce or something. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, are you a psychopath? But then it's like, it's, it's because it's Lego, like, you know, it's uh, I I guess uh, I guess for for storytelling, um, I've kind of got this idea I've been thinking about lately of um, the mum test. Like, if I could show this to <laughs> anyone's mum and they'd understand yes. it and kind of like get it, yeah. then it's probably you know it's probably good storytelling, um, and it's a good medium to do that. Uh, but with Lego animation, I feel like for a, for a lot of mums, like they wouldn't get past the the fact that it's Lego and I do feel that all the time and I'm struggling with it all the time and I think it's probably yeah like I said I'm probably going to move away from it eventually well I think your biggest mistake was not using Mega Bloks so absolutely <laughs> no don't talk about Mega Bloks disgusting <laughs> I love how vile the reaction is every time so I grew up with Lego Bloks was, anyway was I mean was humor like part of your plan when you were making like the janitor and the refining machine um did you intend them to be humorous or no uh i think like that kind of came out um sort of organically like as i was making it um like the the humor in janitor is very sort of understated yeah um i guess and it's yeah it was just kind of like i don't i don't think i'm a very like comedic kind of filmmaker or anything like that um, I think when I try to make humor, it falls flat. Um, but mm. it just it just happened to work in that context, so I went with it. I think a lot of yeah. the humor just comes from like the facial movements and stuff. <laughs> the timing yeah. too, yeah. specifically. Yeah. So if you had like crude clay figures, I, I don't think there would be as much innate humor, like you said. Yeah, possibly not. But I mean, like if. Um, 
I've been thinking a lot about moving into 2D digital animation because like that's what I've done on confinement mm -hmm. and I feel like like hang on this is actually like pretty accessible to me um uh, so I'm thinking about like I could imagine like the janitor short done in like I don't know like a like a Rick and Morty style animation and it would probably mm, work sure. just just fine. I feel yeah. like that's more flexible. Yeah. So um, I mean, yes. Yeah. With 2D animation, so something I've been following AI and just like the effect it has on like the film industry and just all sorts of different things that in the world, but. One thing I've been really interested in is how it's affecting animation and how, so I don't know if you know much about this. I'm curious, do you know anything related to like 2D animation and AI programs kind of getting, tapping into that? Like maybe making it less tedious or picking up certain fill-in jobs like, um, you know, like the more repetitive motions or looping or things like that. Um, I mean, if he's talking about like machine learning type stuff, uh, I yeah. have, yeah, I've had a few conversations about that sort of thing and looked into it a bit. Um, personally, like there's a there's a lot of people who uh, look at two D animation and there'll be like those those sixty fps uh, machine learning interpolated animations of like Sakuga on YouTube. Um, hmm. You know, like they'll. T I think the only cool one I've seen is like there was like one shot in a One Punch Man animation which was already pretty awesome looking but then they upped it to 60 fps and it looked awesome um hmm. i don't know personally i think uh possibly in the future but i think um in betweens and keyframes in the style of animation that i like are very distinctive and i feel like uh using a computer to fill in frames in between takes away uh, a lot of the what makes 2D animation special. Um, mm. I think in something like 3D animation, it's it's perfectly acceptable uh, depending on what style you're going for. Um, but I can't really see machine learning like taking the role of, uh, say, like an in-betweener or something in 2D animation just because it does require a lot of um, artistic interpretation Um which is would be extremely difficult to abstract. I feel like even with machine learning, um, that's actually really interesting. Because I always assumed like, oh, the in betweeners just like the kid coloring, you know, in between the lines. Yeah, like, I, didn't I really mean, think there was a stylistic thing aspect to that. Yeah, well, I mean, in some ways, yeah, it can be quite mechanical like that. But like, truly, really good animation, um, the in betweens are just as important as the keyframes. Hmm. Um, and they are they are like kind of repetitive and like this it they're probably the most like not interesting part of the animation um, but they're still important <laughs> and, and there's a lot of like um, not so obvious like thinking that goes into them like for instance uh, uh, if you're like drawing 3d shapes and like turning mm -hmm. them a certain way this is kind of hard to explain but like you have one you know like a, of an object turned a certain way and then you turn it 90 degrees in the next keyframe and then you hand it to someone to draw in between they might not mm -hmm. necessarily interpret that it's meant to also have volume in the middle frame and just kind of do a really direct i don't know uh like a snap like is it like kind of like motion blur related kind of deal uh it's more like if you drew a cylinder turned it and into like 
another cylinder but it in, in a different shape and then mm-hmm. got a computer to draw the picture in between and probably just draw like a square or something like that oh, i don't know it's, it's kind of hard to explain without yeah. pictures but um i feel like computers could do in-betweens for like very small increments maybe um but mm. even then like i kind of i'm not sure i dig the the super smooth 60 fps look because i kind of like lo-fi like low frame rate animations a lot of the time it's like the film versus digital arm- argument I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, except the technology's not there just yet. Yeah, because I've mainly been following it for 3D animation, because I feel like for me personally, shit's going to get really exciting when you're able to do, when like physics gener- engines get better, cloth engines get better, where like the less stuff you have to hand animate and the more time you can focus on just creating models and creating scenarios and being able to do live renders of lighting scenarios and all that stuff it's like you're gonna need less and less computing power and less and less people or not less computing power but more of the as the technology grows and gets better you're gonna need less money it's gonna get cheaper and easier so that's my hope is that like if you could have fully independent films that look like a Stardis, the uh warhammer 40k mm. um anime 3d animated short uh, like I stuff like I, that would yeah be i think insane. i know i think i've seen the one that you're talking about that stuff looks awesome <laughs> It's um, ridiculous. Yeah, no machine learning for like um like three D animation, like realistic three D animation. I think that's totally a thing. Um, and I I'm I'm certain they're probably I don't know a whole lot about it, but I'm certain they're probably already using that in in uh, a lot of visual effects work yeah. and stuff like that. It's a little stiff right now. I've been like, there's a great uh, YouTube channel. If you guys want to learn more about this, great YouTube channel called Two Minute Papers, and he does a lot of videos about. AI in general, but also just like AI in 3D animation. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, like literally, like automated walking loops and interaction. It's like really interesting. Like like complete animation loops done completely by machine learning. Like there's literally not a human involved in any aspect of that. Um, it's spooky. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look yeah. at like if you look at like indie game development now compared to like 20 years ago, I mean, it's worlds apart. Yeah. So insane home users and stuff uh, independent users capabilities are just going to continue to grow i mean think about how many people are making scp games it's ridiculous yeah exactly yeah how many how many we got going at the moment okay well i'd say the most legit ones are obviously unity which is already released and they're updating stuff um uh secret lab although i don't know if that's still an active i guess they do update the game Um, and then you have um, yeah, I mean that's how like that's literally how my friends recently got into SCP. Not through my channel, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we have a, a Phrase Studios too, which I believe they're still in production, but they've been always doing a lot of teasing and art releases and stuff. Those are like the three big ones I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm missing stuff, and I'm sorry if I missed you guys. I've don't, never played don't yell at me. an SCP game. Yeah, I that used to be me, and then I've been kind of just getting into it recently. Uh, like Secret Lab was the first SCP game I played. Actually, I've heard uh, Control on PS4 is pretty good. Yeah, I did play that. <laughs> and I do want to play that. If yes. That counts, I guess. I'm I'm an Xbox I, boy because I like Halo, so I haven't played it. I only have a PS4 because of Bloodborne, basically. Well, that's a good reason. So yes, I fucking love. It. That's literally <laughs> like one of my favorite, um, at least console games, because everything else I play PC pretty much. And Dark Souls and all that stuff. That, mm-hmm. that whole trajectory kind of led me down a rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, speaking of 
video games that we like, what are some like big creative inspirations? Like for example, Bloodborne for me, I love Victorian horror. I love um, medical history and I love um, Lovecraftian horror. So like, what about you? What's like kind of gets you running, gets those creative juices? Like excited. video game wise? Just in general. Um, well, I mean, I've actually sort of dropped off of playing video games a lot lately. Although with this whole lockdown thing, um, I got sucked into Minecraft again for the first time yeah. in like years. <laughs> um, that's a good one, yeah. So that's good. Uh, but besides that, um, like I mentioned before, like I'm really big into Halo, um, particularly like Bungie era Halo. Uh, like I actually really love uh, the non-main series ones like Halo Reach and ODST. Um, oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, the the style and the storytelling of those ones. I mean, Reach isn't a great story, but like the 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 style of it is pretty awesome. Um, besides that, uh, I don't know. Uh, I love Fez. Have you ever played Fez? Yes. I haven't played it, but I've, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like uh, growing up, I think indie game the movie was like a really big inspiration to me, and I actually wanted to be a game developer for a while because of that movie. And I was like starting to develop games in high school, um, but then I got uh, I got a scholarship to study film and television, so I ended up doing that instead. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I should probably play more games. I've got a ton in my Steam library. Um, I started playing uh, Battlestar Galactica Deadlock the other day, um, which is <laughs> never heard of that. It's uh, it's like a space strategy game based on Battlestar Galactica, and it's actually pretty good so far. Like, I don't usually hmm. play that type of game, but I love Battlestar Galactica, so well, who um, does? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, I mean, I highly would recommend Half Life. And that's like oh. one of my personal favorites. Oh yeah, Portal, obviously. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Half Life Two. I probably replay that like once every year or two. Um, probably do due for another replay sometime soon. Uh, with Half Life Alex. Play Alex. Out. Yeah, no, I I'm, like I'm it, but itching. I I always skip Ravenholm. Ah, that's like the best part. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a ra- I have a, pretty fun. I have arachnophobia. I just like. Uh, oh shit! I do that. too. Like not as bad, but yeah. So. I, I still get spooked by the big, uh, the big black, um, the poisonous head crabs. Crabs, Yeah, yeah. That's why. Really yeah, I've been. Up. I was playing Half Life Alex, but I just, I got like four hours in. I just can't handle it. Yeah, like, I'm pretty scared. I know I'm gonna. I'm a screamer. I'm like <laughs> in VR. I'm a screamer. Like, I become really, more auditory. It's weird. It's really incredible, but it's it's too incredible when it comes to the head crabs pouncing oh, at your man. face. Yeah, Jake uh, got the index. Jake's the other, uh, my other partner in Fallen Foundry, for those listening. Um, so he really got the full experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, but, I've been uh, like, I don't have a lot of money, but I, I am like still considering <laughs> like, like, would it be worth getting a, a VR headset? Because like, I, so, I, I played Beat Saber a few times and like Beat Saber is really fun and it would be yeah. great for exercise. Yes. So, it's so like, I like maybe that I can aspect. justify that. <laughs> Well, I will say, and this applies to listeners too, Windows has a really good virtual reality headset, um, and it's like a hundred. I think the Lenovo one, which is the one I have, is the best one, and it's like 160 bucks, 170 bucks. It's like yeah. dirt cheap for a really good. It's like as good or better than Vive, in my opinion. But if you don't have, um, if you don't have a great computer, the Oculus Quest oh, is really good. That's true. 
I yeah, I forgot I've people been looking at the years. Oculus Quest because it looks like there seems to be a lot less cables and stuff involved it's, with it's that. It's completely wireless. Big time. Yeah, which is pretty appealing. That's that's what can I, I used to work then? out. Yeah. Uh, I, I think can the only thing like would be um, It can't play everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but like I said, I use it to work out. So I do Beat Saber and Box VR. And it does have a bunch of other stuff. Um, I also have an index, which is, of course, what I use for the heavy lifting stuff. But the Quest is really nice. What do you do for sound with the Quest? Do you wear headphones with it, or does it come with it? It's got thing? it's got built-in audio. Okay, cool. It's really like just an all-in-one package. Well, yeah, I was hoping that would help really kind of push VR to like the public mm -hmm. as, at large, because I feel like it's always been like. Oh, unless you're like a PC builder boy, you're not getting VR. It's yeah. still got a pretty high buy-in, but um, yeah. I think once something like the Oculus Quest becomes... Well, I mean, PSVR is pretty good too. Um, I have never played that, yeah. Yeah, I've given... Because uh, part, of, part of my degree, I also did some video, video game stuff, so um, I did get to play around with a lot of VR stuff um, while I was studying, and so... Yeah, no, the PSVR is pretty good. I think. And like one thing that I'm really interested in is like VR storytelling because I feel like that's such a weird experimental area and it's like a whole new mm. it's like it's like you know you don't tell it's like when TV appeared you know like telling stories yeah. on TV and that whole format is completely different than film um, it's like a whole new medium and I feel like there's something really exciting and interesting about that I feel hard. like yeah I feel like interactive VR stuff like like Half-Life Alex is probably where a lot of storytelling will head into in the future. Um, yeah. It definitely seems trickier because with like a TV show, you're, you're looking at one thing, you know, you know the audience is always looking at the one screen. Whereas with VR, you know, you can spin around, they could be looking at different things. Like jump yeah, scares, that's... it's a little trickier to do. Yeah, it's a oh. whole new set of problems to uh, to tackle. I think Corridor did some interesting. Corridor Digital no, did some works, interesting, yeah. um, uh, like experiments with that a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. Like I was actually thinking about this, and I've thought like, well, we have open world games already, like GTA and things like that, and it's like, I feel like people, if you railroad them and you do all the cues to get their attention people will learn as they get familiar with VR, they'll learn how to play VR, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because mm. um, they're going to know if I just dick around and sit around and stare at the wall for three hours, I'm not going to have a good time. Right. Um, well, there's a whole new literacy and a whole new like syntax to it that everyone has to learn. Like, yeah. I don't know, you never really think about it, but the average person has like a full vocabulary of what they can understand in a film. Like... Mm -hmm even if they're not totally conscious of it like uh, that's like what a lot of like learning about how to make films is is making all of that stuff conscious like knowing yeah. how close-ups and wides and all that stuff work um and how editing works uh but like i don't know how but like we you just have to reverse engineer so much stuff like yeah like the main thing is how do you get someone to look in the right direction or is that mm -hmm. it? or maybe we're not even asking the right questions with that like maybe the style of storytelling should play to the fact that people can look around in any direction. Yep. Sure, but then, then you have like a character given some monologue and I'm flipping them the bird or, you know, throwing cans around <laughs> the room. And, you know. Yeah. 
Well, I think there's the big argument is now is how much access do you give? Do you have them just be like a flea in the wall and you're just kind of following along? Um, how much freedom do you give? And also, I feel like one thing that is the, the best way to get people's attention is using auditory. Because like the best thing about VR is you have 360 audio. Yeah. Mm. You basically have complete surround. And I feel like we instinctively will follow or look where sound is coming from, um, at least initially. Like that's a great way to just snap, get a quick snap of attention. Um, the hard part is maintaining it and keeping it there. I feel like. Yeah, I don't. Who knows? I don't know if VR is the future of gaming, but it is very exciting. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, I love it. I hope it succeeds though. They figure out Me too. like full haptic feedback and costs come down, and you know, there's a lot more like killer apps that come out. I could yeah, see. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't I don't think this one's going to be like a fad. I feel like it's probably going to just continue iterating until it hits a breaking point where suddenly, you know, everyone can have VR like everyone has a console basically. Yeah. You need like you you need your PS2 Slim version to come out that everyone's <laughs> <laughs> or like the Nintendo Wii just like everyone has one. Yeah, god, the Wii was a weird one. Well, I feel like Switch is the hot one now. Like people, for, like the crazy thing is quarantine is like making a whole new like mini generation of gamers. Like all these people I knew that never interested in gaming or anything, they're in quarantine and they also, actually a lot of girls I know really. Um, Animal Crossing comes out, they're in quarantine, they never played Boogans before and they're like, huh, I'm <laughs> bored. <Yeah. laughs> that looks like a fun thing to do. Yeah. Um, I got Animal thing? Crossing. Uh, I got stuck into Minecraft before I could start playing it though. I'm surprised because literally your uh, picture on Discord is an Animal Cross style, like rendition of you. Yeah, that is very true, and I'm very hypocritical. <laughs> no, that was actually uh, there was a guy on. Uh, actually, sorry, there was there was a person on Twitter. I don't actually know their gender. Um, uh, called Toast that um, <laughs> they they just tweeted out and said, um, uh, "I'll if you reply to this tweet, like I'll do an Animal Crossing style of you." Um, and yeah, so I got, that's how I got this drawing, and I, I like it. I envy you. I feel like, uh, well, actually, the, speaking of hand drawing, one thing I also noticed with your videos was um, I actually didn't notice this until you did a live stream, like BTS, of you animating um, one of your Lego animations, and I realized he hand animates his faces. I'm like, Sometimes, yeah. Like, I feel like it really made a difference though like it feels more fluid because i feel like sometimes like emotively lego can feel very stiff because mm. it's like how many faces how many expressions do you have to you know how much range is there how much yeah like cause that's dependent on what they print right the lego company well this is yeah this is like partially like why i feel like i want to move away from lego animation at, <laughs> at some point because um i it's getting to the point where to get the level of like subtlety that i want um in storytelling like i'm now just doing vfx for every single shot like uh doing yeah so i have to like erase the face and then put it back in and like yeah hand animate the the eyes blinking and the mouth moving and stuff like that uh make sure the lighting and the texture all looks right on it mm. so it doesn't look completely like artificial yeah um yeah like if you look at the uh the confinement christmas special that i did for lord bung um I think literally every shot in that was a VFX shot. So really? Like, Actually, that yeah. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, thinking about that now. Yeah. 
because yeah face animation green screen masking rigs out um uh snow effects uh fire um animating characters uh multiple characters at the same time usually i do that like i'd animate one character in a pass and then do another one in a pass and then edit them mm. together in post there's a lot of work did you just watch a shit ton of like Nightmare for Christmas behind the scenes? <laughs> uh, I actually read um, uh, for that sort of stuff. I read a lot of behind the scenes stuff about movies, like live action movies. Um, I really mm. love really? uh, Cinefix. Have you, if you've ever heard of that magazine, no, actually. So it's a quarterly visual effects magazine, and basically they have these giant articles that go into detail. Um, like interviewing and being on set with the the visual effects and special effects artists for for big movies. That's cool. It's awesome. It's like um you know it's like the behind the scenes featurette but in text form, um and for all sorts of movies. Sometimes ones that like you never even think about like what the process was on. Like I I've got one that I've been reading recently that has like Chicken Run, Dinosaur, and some other movie I hadn't heard of. Did you know that the do you remember that early 2000s movie Dinosaur, the Disney one? Yes, I fucking love that movie oh, yeah. as a kid. Yeah, so it's that horrible, one, but <laughs> yeah, the sets just die that, at the end. Uh, <laughs> spoilers! <laughs> spoilers! Yikes! Yeah, no, the sets in that are, are live action photography. Really? And then the dinosaurs are composited in, into it. Yeah, and they use like miniatures that actually makes and stuff. Sense. Yeah, ah. it's insane. That's actually um, really fucking cool. Yeah, I can't remember if the movie's any good or not because I saw it when I was like six, but you know. <laughs> no, it's not. I rewatched it recently because I remember loving it so much. I'm like, yeah. fuck, why did I just ruin a childhood memory? And like, I since then, I, I refuse to rewatch it. I did rewatch Chicken Run the other night and it holds up. It is. Okay, I'll maybe I'll rewatch it then, yeah. It's timeless. It's such a good movie. Because, I mean, they have a pretty good streak. I forget. It's a Grotto, Walt, Walter and Grotto. How am I forgetting their name? <laughs> Wallace Walter, and Gromit. Walter. <laughs> Walter and Grotto sounds amazing, though. I want to see dead. that. It's like the alternate universe. <laughs> alternate timeline. Have you guys seen um the Smiling Friends pilot? No. The uh, no. Psychic Pebbles um, did oh, a, did a pilot. For, yeah, he did a pilot for Adult Swim. And it is really good. Look it up, Smiling oh, Friends. Yeah, I have to see this. It's got um, uh, Mike from Red Letter Media as a voice actor in it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. Tim, one of my two of my like favorite YouTubers, just straight up. Yeah, it's it's really good. <laughs> I want a, I want a whole season of it. Well, I guess fun fact: the first podcast series I ever really got into was Sleepy Cabin, which is with Psychic Pebbles, Oni NG, Rice Pirate, and like a bunch of other like. Um, YouTube animators. Oh, um, okay. It's wild. They don't really do anymore. They did one actually last year recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's not for the faint of hearted. If you don't like really weird, disturbing, strange humor, don't don't watch it. So, <laughs> just warning you guys. It's not very kid friendly. Um, but I I feel like. Do you feel like the new grounds and I mean for you you had a pretty weird way of getting into film but I feel like I know a lot of YouTube animators new ground animation was like what inspired them the first mm. wave of YouTube animators I feel like Well for was me that, it, yeah like you for you was like, that related at all yeah Yeah um 
I'd say not really. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, like, I'd seen Newgrounds animations on YouTube, but I didn't know what Newgrounds was until, like, a couple of years ago, really. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, like, I always thought Newgrounds was, like, a video game, like, Flash games thing. I didn't realize it was, like, a whole animation thing, too. Yeah, it's um, a whole website, yeah. Yeah, um, apparently it's kind of having a bit of a resurgence lately, especially with, you know, like, Adpocalypse and animators not getting treated I thought it was very dead. Well. I thought the site was down. Yeah, no, there's, well, it's been, for a while there, a lot of, like, brick filmers were like, oh, I'm going to start uploading stuff on Newgrounds because it kind of does better there sometimes. That's actually insane. That's actually really cool. Maybe I'll I unironically start posting my videos to Newgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, no, for me, it was all, like, Lego animation was what got me started. Um, so, yeah, I have, I have a pretty, like, atypical way of getting into animation. Well, how do you feel about Lego Movie? I'm sure everyone asked you that question. Um, just a moment. I got a cough. <coughs> and then I got oh, to no. drink some water. That, that's what he thinks. <laughs> this is the last recorded memory of uh, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, uh, I think I've got a fever. Um, oh, fuck. Be right back. Oh, I got to go hey, Google. cough on some people. <laughs> hey, Google, can you get COVID virus from uh, Discord? <laughs> oh fuck sending it your Don't way I, I got my mask on no I'm good it's okay <laughs> I put a sock over my pop filter so hopefully that'll be good <laughs> fantastic oh man got some extra crust in there um <laughs> oh boy anyway uh, sorry uh, what was what was the question so we were, we were talking about Lego movie did it revolutionize how you view Legos or was it just uh, a good movie? No on the first question. Yes on the second question. Um, <laughs> the the Lego movie was... Um, well, I, I would say it definitely sort of opened up a lot of ideas for like how you could animate Lego because basically they, they got people that knew how to do animation um, from like a traditional and 3D animation background to tackle mm -hmm. like doing Lego animation. Um, I think the biggest thing that kind of uh was crazy to me was that it was cg made to look yeah. like stop motion and mm -hmm. uh i still think that's awesome like uh kind of like what um spider-verse did as well which is like yes. take ideas and like stuff like frame modulation like having lower frame rates within the animation and putting that into a 3d uh like cgi context to give it more of like a handmade feel um the style of the Lego movie is really cool. And yeah, like it's a pretty good movie by itself. Um, I actually think uh, the the Lego Ninja Go movie, um, even though, uh, I mean, personally, I think it's I think it's pretty good as well. A lot of people seem to dislike it for some reason, but the, the animation of that and the animation in the Lego Batman movie are really inventive. Like the way that they use smear frames, uh, like where they'll have the Lego minifigures like duplicated arms for like one frame, stuff like that. Like when they're doing hmm. a swing, um, stuff where they do like crazy like force perspective stuff, um, or like brick built uh, parts of the characters to sort of accentuate um, certain movements. Um, I don't know. It it is like it is definitely worth. Uh, like framing through like I think for a while I uh, I torrented the Lego movie and then I put it through a media encoder or something and just like broke it up into individual images 
and then oh, I cool. made those pictures uh, a really slideshow cool. background on the background of my computer. So if I ever got bored, I could just watch the oh, Lego wow. movie like, <laughs> at like, at like so one smart. frame per second or whatever. It was like one so, frame every 10 seconds, I think. I should um, do that with the new Blade Runner. Oh god, on the it's so long though. <laughs> but yeah, that that would be that would actually be pretty awesome because that movie is gorgeous. That's it is. That's absolutely. some quarantine behavior right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've been so you mentioned for quarantine all my life. So um, yeah, I know I've actually been enjoying it. It's like fuck. I'm, I like I yeah, I miss seeing my friends though. Like that's the main thing. Like I I made an effort to like go out and hang out with friends at least once or twice a week, and I go rock climbing yeah. and stuff and. No, I just can't, and that sucks. Do you have a like a rock climbing in your wall, in your room? No, I live <laughs> in a third story apartment, so I can't really do that. Just, I mean, yeah, it's three stories. Climb up your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I could give it a go. I feel like that'd be a little unsafe though. I don't think you want to go to hospitals now. <laughs> I've seen videos of like people in like my local like rock climbing community group on Facebook, like posting videos of them like climbing around on the walls inside their house or oh, like man. underneath their stairs with their arms oh, or like no. there's another thing they were doing for a while where they just like climb around a table and i'm thinking yes i've time, seen that like, yeah it's like that's cool i guess but also extremely dangerous <laughs> like if that table flips <laughs> over you're gonna break bones like yikes i don't know like i prefer just to to stay alive for the duration <laughs> yeah relax kick back yeah um Speaking of kicking back, for our bored fans out there, what should they watch? Any any recommendations from oh, the full um, creature? My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, is uh, the seminal TV show of our... Ge- no, I'm kidding. Yeah? Watch Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> it's, I think it's free on sci-fi. Uh, Battlestar Galactica is one of the best science fiction TV shows to come out of the last couple of decades, I think. Um, I will second that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the style of it, the the uh, like, especially like the space battle stuff in it um, that Zoic Studios did, um, is super influential to a lot of um, like space and CGI animation coming out these days. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just really good. Uh, don't forget to start with the miniseries too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. even know it was a miniseries. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, if you start watching episode one, season one, it'll be really confusing because, like, before they started making the show, they actually did a uh, three-and-a-half-hour pilot miniseries. Um, so definitely watch that because it, like, sets up the whole universe and it's really good. Um, hmm. But, yeah, uh, so Battlestar Galactica, if, if you don't know, is a, uh, it's a gritty um, post-9-11 um, science fiction uh, show about uh, this sort of fantasy science fiction universe where um, humans colonize, uh, live on 12 colonized planets. Uh, they created these robots called the Cylons. Cylons disappear for a few decades um, and then come back and basically nuke the entire all of the colonies and then it's about following this uh, last spaceship called the Battlestar Galactica and like its ragtag fleet of um, uh, like uh, civilian ships that trail along behind it, and they're trying to escape the Cylons and find a new planet to live. The thing that's great so about is it, it is like most of it is not really that sci-fi. 
Yes, it's extremely grounded. Like, uh, it, like a lot of people would think about science fiction, like uh, like Star Trek, where um, there's a lot of techno babble or like yeah. stuff like Stargate. Um, Star this Wars. is not a very, yeah, it's not a very sciencey show. It's basically like a melodrama in space, mm-hmm. um, but it's really, really good drama. Um, there's a lot of uh, socio-political stuff in there, which I think is more and more relevant every year. Like there's. <laughs> Uh, a large sort of like underlying theme is um, there's a division between military and government, um, mm. which is always kind of a tension there. And then there's like a lot of religious undertones to it as well, which yep. are kind of interesting. Like philosophy. Um, it's, it's a yeah, it's a very well written show. Um, it it kind of it, it yeah. It is honestly my maybe, favorite television series. So it's I'm, mine. I'm too, glad man, to have this discussion. <laughs> Yeah. I would always mix it up with Stargate, and I feel like that's why I never watched it. Yeah, uh, Stargate's completely different ballpark, I think. Unless you watch Stargate Universe, which, honestly, like I think they were trying to copy the formula of Battlestar Galactica for that show and the style, um, which was kind of the nail in the coffin for uh, the Stargate franchise, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I think I feel like a lot of science fiction shows post Battlestar Galactica want to be Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess for context, this was early two thousands. So I'm I'm curious how much of it is kind of speaking about the Iraq War and yeah, the well, whole war on terror stuff. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is definitely like war on terror and the um sort of the core conceit of the story of like the human colonies being attacked is very much. Um, sort of grounded by the sort of um, the post 9-11 uh, sort of American psyche I guess. And it is a remake of a 70s yes. show but I never saw that. Yeah so uh, the original 1978 Battlestar Galactica series was basically just like a ripoff of um, Star Wars um, and yeah that was I think it was one or two seasons Um and yeah, it's just like a very cheesy, like sci-fi, same basic yeah. um, premise, but like executed very, very differently. Um, yeah, no, th- no, this newer show, I think the miniseries came out in 2003, and then the actual series started in 2004, yep. and then finished around 2009. And there's two TV movies, there's a spin-off show called Caprica, which was okay, um, and then... Oh yeah, there was a backdoor pilot series called Blood and Chrome, which was like, it was like the Star Wars prequels, all like shot on green screen. <laughs> this is my least favorite thing about sci-fi, personally. Well, sci-fi like TV is when there's like a million spin-offs and like back things, and it's like I just like it feels so overwhelming. Oh, yeah, really like it, it definitely puts me off. The main series. Yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, this one, all of the spin-off stuff is pretty inferior compared to the main series, and Thank a lot God. of it doesn't really <laughs> relate, so... Yeah, you can I'll just definitely enjoy check the this series. Out. I'm definitely... Yeah. This is... I'm hunkering down with this one. I've been looking for a new show to watch. Yeah, well, I think SciFi.com released it all for free to watch during the quarantine period, so... Oh, awesome. Go watch it. Because <laughs> I, I recently watched Starship Troopers, which... Ah, oh, that's one of my same favorite thing, movies. But, yeah. You know, that's all about the war machine and fascism and all that good stuff. It's so. an anti-fascist fascist movie and it's amazing. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And it has a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, which what that's the fuck crazy. Dude? It's just like, people don't, don't It's a level it's an they ironic it, movie. Like yeah. it is 
so it's you need a high IQ to understand this movie, to be honest. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's also why I watch A Soul Die of Rick and Morty, <laughs> which I actually haven't watched in a long time. But um, new season, new half of season four comes out soon. Yep. Um, yeah, is it is it worth getting back into? I kind of stopped halfway through season three. Uh, yeah, season three. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely sort of lost a bit of its charm now, and I think it's also kind of. I feel ashamed watching it now because of the yeah, whole, the whole like, Szechuan War has really fucked things yeah. up. Yeah, I almost like don't even want to talk about it <laughs> because like. And then we had Pickle Rick right after. It was like a wham, double whammy. Like the oh. funny thing is, like Pickle Rick is uh, a very deep episode and won an Emmy because. Uh, it's it's actually pretty good it's a great episode it is a good episode it's just like that's what's so weird about it is like a really good episode that became cringe yeah because of just like that's why i don't follow me it's it's the funniest shit i ever saw though i fucking hate that me so much i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's one of the things that will get me triggered like goddamn. can we talk Um, about memes for a moment because I feel like it. memes lately have really your favorite man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so m- my favorite, my favorite kind of memes are surreal memes, circa 2013, um, mm. when a, the a meme like, connoisseur. The three... Yeah, like <laughs> uh, memes just haven't been as good since there. Like, um, I don't know if you guys ever got into special meme fresh. Like, uh, you've you've seen his head, the the um. The, the meme the, man. The 3D bland dude. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, He's yeah. Like so that was like, looking. so that, yeah, so that came from a Facebook page called Special Meme Fresh, which was around 2013. Um, and there was a whole, like, sort of gang of these surrealist Facebook meme pages. There was, like, uh, Meme Man Jr., there was uh, uh, Fresh and Slunky Memes, uh, or something like that. <laughs> it's like, slunky? they were all just, yeah, um, they were all producing this just nonsense meme content, and I loved it. It was so good, and, uh, yeah, but this I feel like... This is the like, Stonks head, by the way, for those who can't remember. <laughs> yeah, 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 is. yeah, the Stonks head, this, that's where it came from. Um, yeah, and, like, I don't know, it just felt so much more... Uh, underground and like alive and I feel like memes these days have become very sort of mainstream bland yeah it's like and people's understanding of like what makes a funny meme has sort of become very homogenous um I don't know basically I'm saying I'm a meme hipster and I only like (laughs) like specific kind of memes do you watch do you follow r slash real memes how do you feel about that uh yeah, they're they're alright. It's just it doesn't have the same magic, you know. Like sometimes yeah. they're pretty good. Um, like there's some good deep fried memes out there's there. Every now and then, once in a blue moon. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually stopped following dank memes or pretty much all meme subreddits because literally eighty percent of it is these lazy meta memes that I just hate. Yeah. So much. And it's I like, find it's just talking about the SCP subreddit. I've actually. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Burn. Oh, are you talking about SCP or dank memes from Site 19 where the memes should be going to? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's Meme Monday, which I get. They have to do that or else yep. the subreddit is going to die. Yeah. Or not die, but, you know, you get my drift. Don't oh, quote man. me on this. Don't don't ban me from the community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really. I just don't. I don't follow memes. And I made a video about anti memetics, and so I just used a bunch of memes like meme templates hmm. like all these comments are like why why did you only use memes from like 10 years ago and it's like that's all <laughs> i know yeah oh, i i get most of my meme content nowadays from like like shit posting groups on facebook dedicated to specific tv shows and movies so like 
Um, I think at the moment, like, I really like Star Trek shitposting. There's oh, occasionally yeah. some pretty good content in there, but it's, like, highly specific stuff. Um, I don't know. I guess what makes memes funny to me a lot of the time is that, like, only a certain subset of people will find them funny. Like, if you get the inside joke. Yeah. Um, yes, I like... The more layers, the better. That's, like, my yeah. mindset. Because then you feel like you're part of, like a like, a smaller community when you're laughing at this thing together. As opposed to sort of it being a bit more sort of, I don't know, like Facebook wall uh, memes. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like well for me, I love when it's like, haha, I get the joke, and then like, oh wait, there's another joke, haha, haha, there's that. That's the real joke is like <laughs> the third level. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, like those are my favorite ones. Yeah, I kind of like, like I feel like a good meme, you sh- should be a format that you can deconstruct and then make meta jokes about the format to the point where it's like almost unrecognizable and i think that makes a good meme it's like that flexibility you get really forced stuff mm. like um i don't know like i feel like the funniest shit i ever saw a meme is kind of like one of those forced things where it's like yes definitely um like what I don't... about the puffer fish one what's that one the, i don't think i've the, heard of that the puffer it's <laughs> basically a guy pre- preparing fugu which is like a poisonous puffer fish and he's making yeah. a bite on a carrot and it goes, uh, uh, it's so fucking stupid. But people went deep. They went deep with this one. And it go, it like, it ended up hitting like that level where it's like, you're providing these memes without context. It's just like, what the actual fuck is this? I think, um, I think there's kind of like something, it's like community art is memes. Like, I think there's actually something kind of amazing about like really high concept meta memes that I think is honestly like artistic, <laughs> like, it's, why it's crazy. I love, it's why I love surreal memes because there's kind of like there's an aesthetic of like not giving a shit about them but at the same time it is kind of like high art because you're like saying like really con- like high concept ideas uh, and conveying like high concept ideas that are just like really stupid but like it's <laughs> still like connecting with, with an audience in a in a really funny way I just feel like those, they hit different than any other type of comedy Mm. that, like, you can watch. Like, I can't think of, like, a show or a thing, like, hit, like, I don't know, it's just such a unique, like, I tried to, like, explain this stuff to, like, my mom before, because I'm, like, I think it's a great test of, like, how will I understand something if I can explain it to someone who has no idea what that culture or thing or thing is like, and that that was one of the few things where it's, like, I just, I don't know, it's, like, a, a, a... I don't know how to explain it. It was like a, a click. It was like a generational rift, I felt. Sip. Not even... Sip? Yes. Yeah, sip. sip. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> you guys wouldn't get it. It's uh, it's very uh, hipster meme. Now, I'll send no. you um, <laughs> a video. Oh, I see. Uh, there's no. a video that sums up the 3D heads uh, memes, which is uh, uh, how to make like red sippy drink or something like that i don't know i'll find it later and send it to you it's so dumb. okay hit me with the weird shit i like the really weird stuff jake jake <laughs> yeah. literally just sends me the strangest most like where the fuck did you find this like he digs deep um like my whole friend group's like that so that's where i yeah. just get all my memes from my friend groups now i love finding like those sub 100 view youtube videos yes which are just yes like, Gold. Oh my god. Okay, so the, you know what? I'm going to. Jake's gonna be pissed if he hears this. Our go to video 
Whenever we're in a group chat and we have a new friend or just someone who's just like perusing the group, for example, like my sister, she'll join in the, the group chat. She's not super well acquainted with internet culture. And immediately Jake goes to his soundboard and plays the infamous um, Squidward Anal uh, Spongebob video. <laughs> and it's a nine second video of Spongebob <laughs> having anal sex with Squidward. Um, I don't think I've heard this one. No, because no one's heard about this. <laughs> Basically, it was like a very small, obscure video that Jake or my friend Ryan found on YouTube. Had maybe like three, ten thousand views, like a very small amount. And then they took it down, and we were like, we've just lost literally the group's greatest like, like prank meme. I don't know what you call it. Like just like we just threw it on people without context. Um, and then they found it, and they literally all have like saved files on our hard drives now to make sure this will never be lost. Good. Um, and I'm overhyping this really fucking stupid meme. So. <laughs> oh, hang on. I found it. Uh, meme Man Jr. How to Make Sip. Um, it was removed on his original channel, but um, someone re-uploaded it. Thank God. I'll throw I'll throw a link in the uh, description <laughs> for y'all. It's um, not. <laughs> It's probably it's, not going to be funny for most people. They'll just be like, what is this? In my day, Don't we worry. just had YTM and D. Yeah, I was I was losing my shit over the, um, the uh, uh, like, Lego Yoda crushes his cock and balls. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I love that one so I much. mean, it's probably, like, transphobic or something, but, like, I don't know. You just <laughs> is it? I think it's just kink shaming. Potentially, I don't know. Because it's it's the whole like ball torture shit. Ruins of the deep end with this one, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like I can go really deep, but like I don't want to scare you. Um, well, I really love my favorite Yoda meme. <laughs> yeah. Lately, is the um, help me find my dream girl. Um, oh one. yes, yeah, that I know was the one. so good. I want to meet uh, her. <laughs> yes. I would literally change everything about myself. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, it's like uh, I'm single right now. That's not a move. Don't don't start damning. No. Um, but literally, my friends will just hit me with that whenever now. I'm like James, this this is you right now. I'm like yes, I aspire to be this man. I think yeah, it's simp's a thing lately, isn't it? I think oh that's yeah. The definition of a simp. I literally t- explained to that what a simp was to my mom today. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting conversation. Explain it to me. I I read like <laughs> random okay. comments sometimes. People throw out terms and I'm just like, I don't, I have no idea. I feel like you're insulting me about something, but I, I, I think. Do you, do you want to crack at it? I think simp uh, is meant to describe a, uh, a low value suck up kind of person. So like. Well, specifically kind of... for females, like them, like. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I think I disagree with a lot of the uh, the uh, shame people have been throwing at uh, iDubs. Um, and I don't know. I think that's just kind of like manufactured drama, to be honest. Like everyone I haven't even heard about him. this. Uh, yeah, everyone's calling iDubs a simp because his uh, um, his girlfriend is has a OnlyFans account. So she like posts nudes of herself for money. Mm. Um and like, and everyone's calling him a simp because he's okay with that. Um, but honestly, I think that's not anyone else's business. I don't think they've heard of swingers or any of kind of alternate, alternative relationships before then. I'm just, you know, uh, getting too old for the internet. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say you should learn Sim. I think that one's not going away for a little bit. I think uh, at least for the quarantine. I'm, I'm, sick, I'm sick of it already. Like, I'm sorry for it. <laughs> I just learned about it like a few days ago. So I feel like yeah, I'm not too. there yet. Oh, uh, yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's like the clown emoji that everyone was replying to people they didn't like the opinions of on, mm. uh, on Twitter. It's like, I don't know, it's just like a go-to insult to use on people now. That's a fair point. I, I stay away from those channels, I feel like. So I for me, it's yep. just like a, I see it when it's only used correctly and not just people spamming it constantly, which, yeah, that's mm. literally how you kill things immediately. Yep. Uh, like Soy Boy, that was like the big one. I think this is like the new Soy Boy. Yeah, probably. That one. Yeah. yeah. I think that was actually, that made it to an episode of Always Sunny. So I think that's where I heard that. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm not surprised. It's also, Always Sunny is done, right? That's kiboshed. Is, is it? it? I don't know. I'm, I'm asking. Because I never, like, actively, I would just watch random episodes. I would never, like, stay super. That's another great show, Quarantine, actually. Yeah, Always Sunny is anymore. really good. Um, Skip the first season, Um, I think like start watching from the second season when Danny DeVito comes in and then go back the back and watch the first season like later once you kind of understand oh, go the back. characters. That's interesting. Well, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't never yeah. about that. I wouldn't skip it completely. There's there's some good ones in there. Yeah, I don't know. I just think if you're introducing someone to this show, it's kind of one of those it's like arrested development where it kind of like takes a while for you to kind of get the characters and then it's mm. like hilarious. Well, I would um, because skip. it's I would skip the first season of Parks and Rec. Oh yeah. They, like, I would skip yeah, season but it's like, four and five. It's so for short. Rest of development. Yeah, I think most people <laughs> say that. <laughs> Those are the la two last ones, right? That's the joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. They yeah. they lost their fire. Yeah, I I've, I mean, I just, for some reason, like, I enjoy those shows. I literally physically will enjoy watching these super episodic comedies, but I will never be able to stay, like, on board with them. Like, I really need mm. a serial, st a serialized story for some reason to, like, stick on and commit. I don't know why. I usually just rewatch old sitcoms from the 90s. Yeah, yeah like Seinfeld. I watch Seinfeld. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's what I'm watching right now. <laughs> I'm from New York, so that's the first thing yeah. that pops in my head. I like Simpsons. Sign, oh. You know, literally Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David are like everywhere on Long Island. So mm. I do love Kirby. Hey, do you guys? <laughs> do you guys ever talk about SCP in this podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. No. Well, uh, I think literally it was you with the exploring series. That was our big one where we just talked about well, like Halo and oh no, that was um sorry, that was um I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. I am so sorry. He's the one with the Doge face. Fuck, I can't believe I'm forgetting uh, his name Eckard's right Ladder? now. Eckerd's Ladder, thank you. Yeah. Literally, I think 95% of that was just Star Wars and Halo. Um, I've I don't know, I prefer the more that. freeform. So. <laughs> I've well, been getting into that kind of content lately, like Eckert's Ladder, and I've, I've been watching a lot of Space Dock. Because, um, like, no, I love spaceships. That's cool. I've been I've been looking more about, like, um, like cyberpunk robot reference and, vi like, visual art. Um, oh, okay. There's a really good guy on Instagram, and he does spaceships too. He does these really interesting like spaceship designs. I'll throw a couple links your way. I feel like you might yeah, like okay. some of stuff. Well, I will. Um, I will steer it back then and ask what your favorite SCP is. Three thousand one Red Reality. Hey! Yeah. Wow. That is my favorite. Is that well, everyone in here? 
I think yep. it's all three of us. Nice. It's so good. Written by the it it's written by the guy who did the dragons as well, right? I actually don't know. I'm pretty like that's how I found it. I'm pretty sure is I was like, ah, oh, like the dragons is pretty good. I'll see what else this author has written, and I was like, oh, red reality. I'll read this, and yeah, it's like the only SCP that I think, um, sort of uh, consistently makes me emotional like reading yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so brutal, especially at the end. Um, like I know it's kind of a meme now with like the dragons, where it's like, oh, it's so sad. Um, mm -hmm. But honestly, like I feel like. People, like even when I make a video that's like positive about the dragons, everyone still comments like, "Oh, it made me cry." Of course. And it's like, yeah, I feel like it's almost like people just kind of almost post that because it's just what everyone says about it. Um, Which, but I feel like Red Reality is is the one that really hits hard for me. Read read the comments for my Red Reality video. That was like the most like, wow, I, I've like actually affected. I feel it was the first time I've affected someone emotionally. In, mm. s in some way with a video it's always um, a good feeling when like you have someone comment like made me cry yeah i hate sad a lot of <laughs> i can't go to sleep tonight which was yeah. good um which is that's the video that i'm pissed i had to i fucked up the hard liver on so i'm, I'm actually heavily debating doing a re a recut too because a lot of people are like i'm not going to sit through an hour long video it is pretty talking. long <laughs> yeah yeah because so, i feel um, like I, d I do want people to appreciate it um and then, uh, oh, but I, I'm actually curious. Have you guys read uh, 5,000? Well, I'm, I'm sure Exploring Suicide has. Yeah, I did a, uh, I don't I did think a video so. on it, so I skimmed skimmed it a little bit. But I think that's one of my new favorites. I, I need to read okay. more of the new new series, but I think like I heavily recommend that one. It basically is about the SCP Foundation all of a sudden starts, like, its main goal is to annihilate humanity, and it starts releasing. Um, it's, like, actively fighting the GOC and, like, the entire, like, U.S. I yeah. mean, the entire world. Okay, um, 5, it's 000, a cool one. Five thousand's good. Um, I really like five thousand two, which is uh, that one a death and containment. It's basically just like a murder mystery in an SCP facility. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I'm gonna add that to the list. I think um, I really love uh, like high concept science fiction stuff. So um, I don't remember the number, but there's an SCP uh, which I think it was. It's in a Russian town somewhere. There's oh, Flasha uh, hates. Uh, I'm not. Sh I'm not sure. No, I don't think it's that one. No. So it's um, uh, basically the idea is is that there's an anomaly that it just doesn't exist. Like there's an area of space that doesn't oh, exist. Pattern scream. And is that the one? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And like, but but like, you like people like l people's brains like literally can't accept the fact that there's nothing there. So. Mm it ends up being an amalgamation of like uh group consciousness is like yeah like people will walk into it and disappear um completely because there's nothing there but like the log will still keep going as if they do exist i guess because mm. like everyone's group consciousness kind of like puts something in there Feels and it's amazing. kind of like alludes to this like hateful nature of it it's it's really interesting and like that kind of stuff is like yeah have you seen um, my video on pattern screamers i don't think i have sorry yeah um that that i think that scp 3930 is actually titled pattern screamer um, okay but there's a bunch of them that sort of go into that whole concept of like these entities that just like are basically holes in reality that it came from some other existence it, it's really like mm. 
That was one of the hardest things to actually explain. Um, and even afterwards, I'm like, I, do I even know what the hell I just was talking about? <laughs> but yeah, pattern screamers are cool. I gotta read that one. I read Dang, I'll just skim it and see if it's the one that I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it does not exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like my first like high concept. I don't know if you consider this high concept, but like the ending of Neon Genesis Evangelion really Ooh, like yes. threw me for a loop. I saw that when I was like 13, and I was not yeah. <laughs> ready for that. Did you see uh, End of Evangelion after it? Yes, that's one of my favorite films. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's one of my favorite films too. Like that is. Um, I mean, you know, besides like the opening, which is like, uh, kind of horrific. <laughs> um, uh, it's yeah, some of like the stuff with uh, like Asuka fighting the the Evangelion oh, that production fucks me units. Up every time. That yeah, well, that movie is the reason for um, the music that I used in the janitor because um. Oh really? Yeah, I watched that movie and I watched two thousand one, and I was okay, like. Yeah. Oh, well, they can just use classical music and, like, you can mm -hmm. find royalty-free recordings of some of this stuff. And so I was like, oh, I want some music to this, so I'll just uh, steal from Neon Genesis Evangelion and use um, Air on the G-String. <laughs> wow. Because um, it, That's like, cool. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, like, a cheap way to, to make it seem like you're more sophisticated than you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was shocked. I really wanted to use Lacrimosa, and I feel like anything with, like, operatic vocals, it's so mm. hard so hard to get like a free version of that mm. i used very um, depressing i used claire de lune in uh scp the, I was, the dragons i was gonna compliment yeah. you on mm -hmm. that that's, nice yeah. that's my favorite that's piece a, of classical a, music yeah i mean it's Debussy. it's pretty it's pretty cliche at the moment but i don't know yes. i felt like it it just fit well mm -hmm. it was weird that it kind of became a meme because of like filthy frank and a bunch of youtubers <laughs> using it for every single See? like ironically said why scene. i don't look into that world so, <laughs> i can just yeah. enjoy things <laughs> um but hey it it opened a bunch a whole new generation to uh that era of music if mm. you want to look at it that way i suppose so um yeah that's that's something i've been trying to pay attention to more too is like that feeds into the audio stuff but music is like ugh, it like it can add so much and accentuate so much like emotionally in a scene um like one game this is actually a game but one game i love so much literally half the reason i love this game is because um if you know katamari damacy mm -hmm. half the reason i love that game is because of the music it's got like this really strange like japanese pop offbeat like pop music throughout the whole thing yeah and like yeah. each level's got like samba it's like world music where it's got like little things of everything and it, that just alone adds so much to the game and it's like I feel like it's hard when you know I don't have access to a whole orchestra I don't have access to a ton of musicians trying to like figure out how do I like pull inspiration but I feel like that's a really easy quick dirty kind of way of just like eh yeah, I There's used to, free classical music online I used to make like fan trailers for video games yeah just like cutting up a bunch of official trailers and putting in a song and stuff and it's just yeah, absolutely. Like the right song completely makes it everything work, and the wrong song just it all falls apart. Oh, big time! Again, uh, Battlestar Galactica has an amazing soundtrack. Um, Bear Bear McCreary. McCreary, the guy yeah. that, yeah, 
He did um he's done so much stuff yeah. these days. He did uh he did Walking Dead. Um he did the new Godzilla movies. Um, oh, he really? did Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, mm. That's a good he's, one. Yeah, he's all over the place now. But yeah, uh, his sort of I think his like breakout thing was Battlestar Galactica, and I still think it's some of his best work because um, it's uh, a lot of the soundtrack is like battle like taiko drums. Um, mm. But then there are also these like amazing um, uh, like like string. Uh, so, uh, like songs of like violins and cellos and stuff and piano that are just like beautiful um, and really like elevate the show a lot and are also just great to listen to on their own I can't believe I've been sleeping on this for so long oh yeah it's good <laughs> like I'm, I'm pretty shocked I mean like one thing I've been really trying to do is like get into reading like classic sci-fi like the mm. big cornerstones so like the next big I know it's kind of a big series to jump into, but um, and no, not Dune, which I do want to read eventually. I've but, got uh, Hyper- Dune on my shelf. <laughs> I think so everyone has Dune on their shelf. Yeah, everyone has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm waiting. I can't find a nice hardcover of Dune, so that's why I haven't bought it. Um, mm. but Hyperion too. Um, that's like the really big one. That's like really high concept, really strange, really alien. Um, I don't know if I can give a synopsis really, but it's basically, I think it's about this basically new like universe or world that this like human is tasked with exploring this alien world and it's supposed to be one of the best representations of like this completely truly alien society um that doesn't even remotely resemble um like what we know and i found this stuff really fascinating i i recently got into uh, a chinese author called uh i don't know how to pronounce his name but it's like shixin liu i probably botched that but you want to want to uh, spell it out uh, C I X I N uh, Liu L I U, um, okay. and I think it's backwards too from what it's meant to be in the original uh, Chinese format. But uh, he wrote this. He wrote a book called uh, Three Body Problem, um, and it's actually the first in a trilogy of uh, of books. And that trilogy is the most like insane like hard sci-fi high concept stuff that i've ever read like it's really Mm. really cool um Mm, like the first book is kind of like it's kind of like plays off like a like a science fiction like mystery thriller but by the end of the series it's like jumping generations and like talking about oh man uh like societal philosophy and like yeah like like uh like galaxy level physics like universe level physics um it's it's really really cool um like i started like the way it talks about uh like four-dimensional stuff and some of the later books is really cool um i don't know or like uh i don't know it's kind of it's one of those things too that like i can't talk too much about it without spoiling it because uh part of the fun of reading it is like discovering just how far the story like evolves and how big the scope gets as it goes and like how that happens um, but the basic setup is like uh, there's an alien race coming to um, basically take over Earth and steal its resources. Um, but the the difference with this is like it's uh, the way that the way that he writes it is um, he writes not so much about like individual people and characters, but it's more about like um, uh, like a mix of philosophy and physics. So in his stories, like uh, humanity will be. Uh, shown like a problem 
and then sort of everyone will come up with their own sort of philosophical uh, responses to that problem. Um, like if you want to do a taster, there's a short story called uh, The Wandering Earth, which is only like 50 pages mm, long. Um, yeah, there was a really big budget movie, um, uh, Chinese movie made for it um, a couple of years back, which is actually pretty good. But I just read the short story the other day, and the short story is way better. <laughs> just because, like, the... Again, like, it's just the scale of it is amazing. Um, and just really gets me, like, thinking about stuff in a way that not a lot of other books do. Well, I'm actually curious. Is it is this one of those, like... So I know a lot of... There's a lot of, like, online web novels written mm -hmm. by Chinese authors. Is it that, or is it published? This is a published work. No, it's published. Like, you can buy Three Body Problem at most bookstores, probably, because it's oh, like damn. a Hugo Award winner. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I actually, that is that is something I'm thinking about. Like, I, I visited Shanghai uh, a couple of years ago, and I have a friend in China, and one thing I think about is, like, how well can, like, hard sci-fi or just, like, high-concept stuff that really questions, like, humans and, like like, human society and civilization and things that kind of question like maybe communist china's system isn't the best system you know things like that like i'm curious how much they can get away with as long as it's mm -hmm. in another world in an alternate like i'm i'm surprised that like something like that was greenlit and no problems yeah well it's um the the first book even uh talks a bit about the um uh what was it the 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 civil war that they had or like the uh re the revolution that they had mm -hmm. in the the 60s i think oh that's the that's the um cultural revolution with Mao. yeah yeah the cultural revolution mm -hmm. that's what that's what i'm thinking of um yeah so like the the start of the book starts off with the cultural revolution and like takes mm. it up to present day that's really cool wow yeah i gotta check this out yeah it's it's awesome <laughs> Um, if that's like if that's the kind of stuff that you're into, um. yeah. I mean, I feel like that. I mean, I feel like all right. If if anyone's bored after this podcast, like we've given you so much stuff to <laughs> check out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I've also been reading. Like for a while, I was like reading through a lot of cornerstone sci-fi stuff. So like, uh, I read Foundation. Um, I read uh, Scanner Darkly, um, Fahrenheit hmm. Four Five One. Yeah, it's really, good really good. Uh, the yeah. the writing style of that is just delicious. That's Ray Bradbury, right? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. his first novel. Before that, he was a poet, and like you can really. I didn't feel know it. it was his first. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was. Uh, yeah. So. I was Foundation. Foundation. Um, I would say it's similar to Three Body Problem, um, in the kind of style where it's about. It's about uh, large groups of people trying to deal with a, um, a very complex issue. Uh, in this case, in Foundation, it's kind of like... Uh, it's about people who are super advanced with maths um, dealing with uh, like future issues um, that will like, face society um, at like a, like a galactic level. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of similar to that. I think I preferred three-body problem. Okay. Um, just because, uh, but just because uh, with Foundation, it kind of it's sort of like done as a, almost like a series of short stories, where there's kind of like the ending is always kind of like a, a clever, but it's usually like a Deus Ex Machina kind of thing, where it's yeah. like, oh, well, we planned for this too, but it's still <laughs> really interesting and very clever, and you can tell that like 
um, Isaac Newton um, was, you know, like a like a polymath, like Asimov. Um, Asimov. Why did I say Newton? Isaac Not Newton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Isaac yeah. Asimov. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a really clever guy writing really clever stories. Um, they are a bit dry, though. I think is they the only be. thing I would yeah. say about Foundation. That's uh, is iRobot or robot included in that, or is that a separate? That's a separate collection. Thing. Like found, okay, so I yeah. wrote that collection. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You should also. Do you guys know Ted Chang? He did Arrival. No, um, don't know that. I've so seen the movie. I, the movie's fantastic. I heard the book is as good or even better. But one thing I've been really wanting to read is he has a whole book of short stories called Story of Your Life, um, and I think they're all related with like time. I could be wrong. Um, but that's like my next big thing I've been wanting to read because um, I feel like I really really am drawn to his stuff there's like something very grounded and human I feel like with his stories mm-hmm. um, and I feel like my friend me and my friend are talking about this but I feel like a lot of bad sci-fi the big issue with it is it doesn't no one feels human nothing feels like you know it feels too clinical or almost just too like out there or messy and sloppy but I feel like the first thing that gets lost is the like the the whole the fact that there are characters in a story um so i feel like he really like he builds the sci-fi out of the characters itself ground up um so i feel like it's just good to like study that and chew on that speaking of arrival um i've been wanting to read uh roadside picnic which is what a uh, stalker was based on because um oh. yeah i watched through uh tarkovsky's uh stalker the um big art film from the 80s i uh, i couldn't yeah, it's a tough that one movie. <laughs> yeah i can't it's, i haven't watched yeah, it yet but I've i had watched. to watch it in in two sittings um because so, it's long and it's very uh i describe it as hypnotic mm-hmm. um the imagery is beautiful i don't really understand what's going on most of the time in the movie yeah and i feel like to yeah to really get into it you really have to sort of like shut out every other distraction and just really focus on it for a while um i finished yeah, it and i was kind just of... like i'm i'm too stupid for for whatever <laughs> this is yeah yeah i wouldn't say it's a super enjoyable movie but it's a very um interesting movie um i think just visually alone it's like pretty gorgeous to look at yeah that i um, that i did appreciate yeah, it's one of the most like beautiful looking movies I think I've ever seen. Like I don't know what it is about it. Like I can't put my finger on it, but just like every shot has this kind of painterly feeling to it. Like mm-hmm. there's so much texture to everything. Yeah, that's his um, thing. That's that's his big focus. I yeah, was reading about. And that's something I try to have been really trying to dig in and focus on too. So I should definitely watch it. Hmm. Why well, is it one of those films? Because I I feel like. Um, if you start watching a lot of movies, you'll start to get these slower burn, really dense movies that they're they're a bit challenging to watch, but then they're literally more enjoyable after you've watched them. Like just talking about it and picking it apart. Is it like kind of one of those movies? Um, yeah, in some ways, yeah, I think so. Because um, I think there is a lot to talk about about the movie itself. Um, I don't really want to get into it too much. In the movie yeah, cause... that's that's a deep dive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say it's one of those movies that's sort of more interesting to pick apart. Um, 
I don't know. I don't want to say it's like it's an experience, but it's it is kind of like an experiential kind of movie, um, where you kind of watch it. You know, like you walk into an art gallery and look at a piece of art, where it's like you don't necessarily have. It's it's not like a, a kind of reaction to it that you might understand really, but you do have a reaction to it. Um, like I said, it's a hypnotic film. Like it's um, everything's drawn out and in a way that's meant to like kind of hypnotize you while you're watching it. Um, Don't go in weird. thinking that it's like the stalker video games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, just take a lot of drugs and, and watch stalker. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like dropping acid would be a very bad idea watching stalker. <laughs> but who knows? Or a very good idea? I don't know. Yeah, you never know. Depends what kind of person you are. I mean, uh... Is it kind of like I don't know if you've seen much of Werner Herzog, um, but I feel like his videos, his videos, my God, his films have a lot of like this really weird atmospheric, like hypnotic feel, which I actually can't stand. I like respect him a lot, but like yeah. I tried watching his Nosferatu film and it was it, it just gets painful. Um, yeah. Um, and I feel um, like he almost starts losing you at some certain points, but he's interesting in general. There's a lot of uh, older movies that have very slow burn, have like a very slow burn to them that are, yeah, I, I know a couple more contemporary ones, but I can't think of them right now. Um, I said Lighthouse was a really great one. Like, I don't actually I still need to watch slow. Lighthouse. I did like I Lighthouse. Parasite. You did like a Lighthouse? Oh, yeah, I saw it in theater. It was really cool. I feel it's like it would very, <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I feel like it'd be very applicable with us all in like lockdown and isolation. Yeah, <laughs> actually yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, and it's bad luck to kill a seagull. Mm. It's definitely a seabird. It's definitely a strange movie, but it's, I really, really, really want to watch that one again, like, but in theaters and it was too late. So everything about it is so well done. I have not seen the witch. That's the same uh, writer and director. I think yeah. as the witch yeah. for those. Oh, I, I have seen the witch. That movie made me extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that, that was the too. plan, I'm sure. Oh, what was your guys' um, opinion on uh, Hereditary? Did you see Hereditary? Oh, I yeah. actually liked Hereditary a yeah. lot. I didn't find I it scary, it. but I f- loved it. Like, I didn't find it. I found it thrilling, not scary. You didn't think it was sense. scary? I. No, not really. Oh, I was. Yeah, I was freaked I out by it. What, what do you? <laughs> th- I found it like. I found it like energizing, like exciting. Well, what do you consider um, a scary movie? I've actually think that this a lot because I feel like I was talking to my sister about like I've consumed so much weird horror, creepy, like disturbing art and stuff. I'm like getting a bit desensitized in a weird way. Well, sure. I yeah, I think that sometimes too. But then like I watched that scene from uh, uh what's it called, Bonesaw Tomahawk. Oh God. Is that, is oh that... no. Love that movie. Oh, but, yeah, that's a rough no. scene. I felt. I felt sick. Like no. that was. I hate gore shit though. Like I, I, yeah. I hate like. Yeah. I can't watch people dying. I can't do that shit. Yeah, um, I think. What do you call it? Like gore porn. Yeah. Um. I fucking hate is, that. Yeah, that kind of stuff is really sort of. I don't know. I think it it taps a bit too much into uh like the the gruesome side of human minds for me. <laughs> well, actually, I did watch something recently that Jake recommended. It's this really, it's like the cheapest like animated. TV series I've seen ever called <laughs> Yami Shibai, which is okay. Japanese ghost stories, and they're basically these real. Each episode's like maybe four or five minutes, 
and there's just these really simple creepy ghost stories and like for me paranormal ghost stuff is what hits me um if um i can recommend if you want some good horror content uh read jinji eater yes yeah. i would have uzumaki yeah. and tomei right in front of me uzumaki is great yeah um i haven't read uzumaki yet but tomei is yeah. really good too if you want to if you want a taster uh read the uh what is it the amagara fault yeah amagara yeah. fault that's um, the most famous um yeah you know one so if yeah it's a i think it's tacked on to the end of gear um, oh it is yeah i haven't gotten yeah gear. Uh, but yeah, usually you can just find it on like um, Imgur or, or whatever. But yeah, if if you like that and it like freaks you out, then yeah, Jinji Ito's got so much work. Read Uzumaki is probably like his magnum opus. But yeah, and read it before the uh, new series comes out. They're making. A, I actually have hope oh, for that yeah. animated series. I have hope yeah, for Adult it. Swim and uh, yeah. is it Toonami? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing a, an adaptation that actually looks pretty good. It does. I I really hope they're able to pull it off. Because yeah. God, that that last Junji Ito anime was horrible. Yeah, I heard. Oh, <laughs> I watched painful. the Super Eye Patch Wolf video about it. Yeah, same actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's good. Yeah, if uh, for people listening, like uh, Junji Ito is a manga artist who specializes in horror manga. Basically, um, his his work is usually uh, is a lot of body horror, and it's also very um, H.P. Lovecraft inspired as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of, yeah, like that supernatural, um, otherworldly kind of horror to it as well. Like, uh, uh, Uzumaki is like a 20-something chapter, uh, manga, which, um, it's basically about a town that's been infested with spirals, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's super horrific. (laughs) There's some, like, genuinely shocking stuff in it, like, genuinely, like, unsettling imagery, but it's good. It's good, yeah. Definitely, definitely <laughs> check that one out. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna try to explain him anymore. Just like, just check it out, watch it. All of his, it. all of his work is really short too, so, um, you can you can like pick up and read different stories, and they're pretty good. Yeah, so we're hitting two hours soon, so I guess we'll 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 wrap this baby up. Yep. Yep. Um. Anything you want to shout out? Anything fun you're working on? Anything cool coming up? Um, my last piece of freelance work that I've done before um, all of this, uh, before like all of the the coronavirus stuff hit, was um, I've just finished it. Is a series for bloopanimation.com. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's so a website called Bloop Animation. They do uh, animation tutorial courses. Uh, I should have mentioned this earlier to plug myself, but um. I've just made a series for them uh, called Stop Motion Animation that'll be going up in about a week or so. So mm. if you want to learn to make stop motion using Dragon Frame, um, then I've just made a two-hour long tutorial series that'll be available on Bloop. So yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, Is that kind of like um, like Skillshare, those kind of sites? Yeah, except this one's like uh, specifically geared towards animation. Um, whereas Skillshare, I think, is kind of feels more like a crowdsource sort of thing. This one's mm-hmm. a bit more curated. Hmm, that's cool. I'm surprised they haven't sponsored more animated YouTubers, but maybe I haven't been looking. They did one for uh, Alan Becker, the guy who does some um, animator versus animation a while back. Hmm. Okay. And that's how I knew they were legit because, like, I'd followed that creator and, like, I was almost gonna buy that <laughs> that animation yeah. course. And then, yeah, they emailed me. Um, 
and were like, yo, you want to teach people how to do drag and stop motion? And I was like, yeah, sure. Awesome. And like, I, I guess a lot of people are probably wondering this. Where's the uh, YouTube channel at? Is it kind of just, it'll, it'll, you'll get to it when you have time? Or is it more uh, just, who knows? Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, with, uh, so, yeah, like I have had with my youtube channel it's kind of very sporadic i've never really had um like an upload schedule or like when i've tried to do upload schedules they never really work for very long and i think it's because like i'm, I'm an animation based youtube channel so it takes a lot of time to do animations um also the last two or three years especially have been pretty sort of um uh not great in some ways like personally like i had a lot of like mental health stuff that i went through um, that I've kind of come out the other end of now. So um, I don't know if That's I'll do, idea. yeah, I don't know if I'll do more uh, Lego SCP animations. Um, I'm thinking, I don't I don't really want to uh, jinx myself, but I, I do want to move more into 2D animation. Uh, my, my sort of like dream goal at the moment is I want to make a show that will like rival SCP confinement. Yeah, like go a for good, it. Uh, like SCP based uh like 2d animation show because i don't know i feel like working on bung stuff i was like hey i could probably like do my own thing if i wanted to um so yeah i've actually been thinking a lot about uh adapting the janitor character for um for like a full-on series uh but it and i've got a lot of ideas about that it'd just be about figuring out what the individual stories are and then also like um I've really got to brush up a lot on like my drawing skills and my character design skills because I'm not very good at that side of things. Um, that's kick ass. Oh yeah, that's yeah, exciting. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping I can do that. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how I go during the uh, the lockdown. I've got plenty of time now, so yeah, yeah. that's true. Give it a go. <laughs> Can't ask for a better reason. Hmm. Um. Well, thank you for coming on, man. It was good talking to you. It was good talking to you guys too. Yeah. Fun. All right. Well, thanks for watching, guys. Stay tuned. I'm hoping we'll be able to crank a few more quarantine podcasts out for you. So stay tuned. Thanks, guys.